Welcome to Virtual Student Experiences, where we inspire students to aspire. For more information, please check out our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to Season 2 of Virtual Student Experiences. Uh, today's webinar will focus on entertainment law. If you guys are new to our program, Virtual Student Experiences is a pro bono initiative spearheaded for students by students. And the goal of the VSC is to give students around the world an opportunity to hear from professionals in their career industry of interest in a friendly and casual setting. If you're a student that knows what you want to do in the future, we as VSC want to encourage, allow, and connect you with professionals. And through VSC, students are given the chance to decide if their career choice fits their personality, skills, and overall interests. Through VSC, you'll be able to hear from a wide variety of guests in a wide variety of seniority levels. To find out more information and to sign up to be notified about other webinars, you can visit our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. And before we get started, I just want to go over some housekeeping things. Um, first of which is I'm going to be asking our guest professional a series of base knowledge questions so that you can get a good idea of who he is and what he does. And if at any time you think of a question that you can, that you then feel free to post in the Q&A module and we'll get to it in the later part of the webinar. Uh, we highly recommend that you ask questions during, during this webinar because it gives you the opportunity to get an answer right here, right now, instead of reading about it later on the internet. Um, without further ado, Mr. Lacey started his career as an attorney and has since progressed to become a professor and mentor. He went to the University of Northern Iowa where he got his bachelor's degree in arts and economics. He then received his Juris Doctor at Pepperdine University School of Law and passed the most challenging bar exam, the California Bar Exam. He has since worked for many reputable companies such as Lionsgate, Marvel, and many more. And he now teaches at the Los Angeles Film School where he inspires and educates young minds. His extensive knowledge, down-to-earth attitude, and likable personality make him a great asset to many. So thank you very much for joining us today, Mr. Lasteen. Thank you for having me. Um, and I know we got um, a little bit into our webinar last time before we had to cut it off due to some technical difficulties, but um, we thank you for being open to rescheduling to talk with us and our students again. Um, if it's okay, we're going to restart with our questions. 100%. Awesome. So just to start, can you tell us about really what entertainment law is and how you got into it and maybe where your passion for law began? Sure. So we all are very familiar with film and television. And part of my job is to be responsible for overseeing the day-to-day -day legal obligations uh, of filming TV uh, and feature films. So everything from putting together the actor contracts, the writer contracts, the producer contracts, the director contracts, um, additionally securing proper locations, uh, reviewing the content for any sensitive material or third party clearance um, and just generally being available to the feature film or television show uh, as they go about filming. Um, and so that's probably my job in a nutshell, uh, but where you'd be most familiar with my work is I was the outside uh, show attorney for Man in the High Castle, Transparent, Mozart in the Jungle, uh, and a handful of other Amazon shows uh, over the last five years. Uh, like you said, I got to work at Marvel Studios. I got to work on Avengers Age of Ultron and Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and I also got to work on Mad Men uh, back uh, in a previous life as well. So yeah, lots of varied um, career in entertainment. As far as uh, law school um, and, and what got me into that, you know, uh, 
as a student growing up, um, I found that my strongest subjects in school were related to reading, writing, uh, analytical skills, um, and, and what I would consider maybe sort of softer science. Um, and, and as uh, taking a step back, I would say that there's kind of five career paths in general that one student can take. There's hard sciences, which is your biology, chemistry, engineering, physics students. There's soft sciences, which is much more what I practice, which is economics, history, law, sociology, psychology, um, and then in their mixing reading and writing. Um, there's military careers, there's job trade careers, and then there's entrepreneurial careers. And so those are what I consider kind of the five buckets of, of careers that you can go into uh, in the future. But for me, I noticed that all of my skill sets were in the softer fields. So reasoning, reading, writing, um, argumentative logic, and, and history and economics. And so uh, is a uh, merriment of all of those interests, I decided to go to law school um, because you very much get a crash course uh, in reading, writing, and an entire history um, of where uh, the United States has been and where we're going uh, in terms of the law. Interesting. And then how did you get started as an entertainment lawyer? And were there really any special requirements that you have to have as an entertainment lawyer that um, needs to fill that litigation or employment lawyer, for example, may not have? Yeah, 100%. So entertainment law is a very specialty field because there are only uh, probably less than 500 to 1,000 attorneys in the entire world that practice entertainment law because it's a large mix of intellectual property, uh, contractual transactions, um, and relationships that go into every single deal. Part of that means is that I need to know a lot of people in the entertainment business um, in order to effectuate those deals um, and to advocate for my clients in a way that is uh, both strong um, and can get the job done. Um, and so it's really all about networking. And so uh, I'm from Iowa originally uh, and moved to Los Angeles in 2011 and didn't know um, a single person in Hollywood but really it was my uncle's wife's boss's sister's kid who got me my first job at American Idol. Um, and, and working for American Idol, I got to work on a lot of the uh, music licenses to work with the top 31 contestants and presenting them their uh, recording and publishing deals um, if they were to win American Idol. And, and so that kind of got me on my track. Uh, but I can't emphasize enough the importance of networking um, and holding yourself out there, um, particularly as you're a student. Um, a lot of people in my industry are willing to give time to students because, uh, you know, A, we want to impart our wisdom. Um, B, we're super egotistical and we love to talk about ourselves. Uh, so, so leverage your um, time as a student um, and, and put yourself out there uh, to, to really go after um, people within particular interest uh, industries uh, that you think you may want to work in. Um, um, the, the one thing that you should not do is ever feel embarrassed or too afraid to reach out to somebody because uh, the worst thing that can happen is they just don't respond.
Hmm. And then I know you're talking a little bit about it, but is there any real like specific advice for people that want to get into entertainment law since it's such a tight-knit community of you said maybe 500 to a thousand um, people in the world that practice it is there a specific way of how you get into that crowd yeah you know certainly going to a school that is uh, located in Hollywood or, or sorry Los Angeles proper um, is a great place to start because a lot of the students that go to those schools, a lot of the professors that teach those schools, uh, they're going to have family connections that work with inside the industry. Plus two, during your summer periods um, in between school, you can actually intern for a lot of the entertainment companies. And that's what I did in law school. I ended up interning uh, pretty much all throughout law school uh, to work at all these various companies and to build both the skill sets and the connections uh, in order to find a job post-graduation that works to work in this industry. Um, so, so certainly going to a school that's either A, based in Los Angeles, or B, has a, an entertainment or strong intellectual property um, um, curriculum. And so, it, um, you know, intellectual property is that intangible um, creation that that is starting to, not starting to, but has so much potential value, whether it be a script, a song, a patent, um, an idea of any sorts, and, and finding a law school program that has good intellectual property curriculum uh, will be the first step into working in entertainment law. And then from there, it's, it's just networking um, and, and uh, applying places. I think I, I applied to over 100 uh, job applications my first um, year of law school alone. Um, so you have to be able to handle rejection as well. Hmm. Um, and then a little bit more into education. What really were skills or important aspects of your education that are essential for uh, success as an entertainment lawyer or really any lawyer? So I cannot emphasize enough the need to have good reading and writing skills. And I, I said this uh, last time we spoke, um, but there's a you know wise saying that says that 20s are for your 20s are for learning, your 30s are for earning, and your 40s are for owning. Um, and you guys are in such an amazing spot in your life right now that you can just be a sponge of information and material, and you should really just spend the next 10, 12 years of your life absorbing as much knowledge as humanly possible. And and it doesn't. I mean, it matters what that knowledge is to a certain extent, but so long as you're within your field um, and you're learning about maybe some of the more classical things, um, um, and we can get into it in just a second, but really you should be consuming, reading as much content as possible, listening to audiobooks, listening to TED Talks, uh, getting on YouTube, doing YouTube learning, um, all of that uh, additional information is going to round you out as a person. So like when you get to my level, so much of what I do is an interplay of all of these skills. It's an interplay of negotiations. It's an interplay of good writing skills. It's an interplay of good sales skills. Um, it's an interplay of psychology when I have to deal with actresses that are, you know, um, temperamental. Um, it's, a, it, it's all of these disciplines finally coming together uh, and making yourself a, a, a professional. Um, so reading and writing are, are probably the two that I would say stand out the most. 
but I would also say that mindfulness um, is a skill set that I didn't have uh, when I was 18, 19 years old that I wish I would have found um, 10 years earlier. Um, so for those of you who don't know, mindfulness is the ability to control your own thoughts um, as they arise and in the moment and be able to direct your thought patterns towards your own desire. It's the ability to recognize that there's two voices in your head um, and you can, can direct and control those voices. Uh, learning mindfulness was instrumental um, as far as learning how to negotiate learning how to be a good uh, attorney, learning how to listen, uh, uh, and sets me apart tremendously from, from my peers in this field. Awesome. And then um, focusing back on the education portion, are there any classes that you would recommend someone take to really get a good basis in law? Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of... Um, bad press or bad PR as it relates to the liberal arts degree and all of those classes that you take that don't necessarily go towards your major, right? Like art and Western civilization. Um, you know, if you are a business student or a science student, you might not see the value of learning Western civilization. But I can tell you um, that, that things like Western Civ, art, music, literature, uh, these things do matter and they will have a pronounced effect on your career in the long run because so many of your colleagues will have only focused on learning that one subject that you went to school for. Um, and so in my economics degree, uh, in my English degree, and even in my law degree, I tried to take as many subjects that were outside of that um, so I could learn things like good reading and good writing skills. I would take as many advanced upper level courses in writing as you can get po as you can possible. Um, another one that a lot of students don't take um, that is very important for today's society is a class called logic and reasoning. It basically teaches you the proper protocols of how to uh, argue and conduct a debate uh, with someone formally. Um, and as you have probably noticed by watching the news and our current political climate, um, a lot of the politicians out there are very much lacking in the uh, trained, um, how do you say, philosophies of debate. Um, and so logic, reasoning, philosophy, uh, money and investing uh, is another one that I would uh, seek out and try to learn um, at an early age. Um, and then anything to do with persuasion, sales, and influence. Uh, you're going to be selling yourself your entire life, no matter what field you're in. You're always going to be a salesperson uh, for yourself as an individual. Um, then I know you um, sent us a list of books, which we're going to share with our students on our email list when we send it out later today. But what do you really feel is the importance of reading books? It's funny because I was not, um, I was never super into reading until after law school. And I realized the importance of continuing your education outside of school. Um, and there's a saying that goes, if you read three or four books on any subject, you will already know 
or you will know more than 99% of the population out there about that given subject. Most people don't spend the time to read three or four books on a given subject. Uh, when you put that mass amount of volume of knowledge into your brain by osmosis, you're going to retain some of it, but you just keep on reinforcing it like uh, paint on a wall if you're painting your house. And you know, one of the things that I do is, is I will take one subject and I will read 12 books about that subject throughout the course of a year. So by the end of the year, I have done a full, you know, deep dive into personal investment and in banking or mindfulness or relationships or sales. Um, and, and you really can gain um, years onto your life by absorbing the life of others. You know, you can live Benjamin Franklin's 80 years of existence by reading his biography. And, and you absorb that knowledge and, and you're a better person because of it. Uh, yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. We will be sure to send that out when we send out our email um, later on today. Um, but can you speak to whether um, or really what kind of mindset or attitude lawyers need to have? Um, I would call it the expand the pie mindset. And let me explain to you what that is. Generally, when people negotiate, uh, they think of it like a pie, right? If I cut a pie into pieces, and if I give you a bigger slice, then that means that I get a smaller slice for myself and vice versa. Um, that is an old school, old world mentality with regards to negotiation. A good attorney understands that by expanding the pie, i.e. making the pie bigger, you can make all parties better off in a negotiation and everyone walks away happy. And so it's about being able to think outside of the box, look at the situation and say, what can we do here to expand the pie? So if I have a writer producer negotiating with a studio and the studio doesn't wanna give us the fees that we want, what can we do to expand the pie? Can we add credits to that? Can they get an additional executive producer credit? Could we add a reward uh, bonus in the event that the movie's super successful uh, and goes on to win awards? Can we add money onto the deal that way? That way, at the end of the day, everybody wins uh, and the pie is overall expanded. And so I would say it's the difference between a growth mindset and a limited mindset. It is the belief that the world um, is abundant with resources and that everyone at the end of the day can be made prosperous and rich versus the um, idea of uh, winners and losers and it being a dog eat dog world. Interesting. And then can you tell us a little bit maybe about your time with Viacom CBS and what your role was there? Yeah, you know, honestly, I was only there for a short amount of time because of COVID. Um, originally when I was brought on, I was brought on to see a bunch of um, what we would call high budget subscription video on demand television, which is just a fancy way of saying Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. Um, and so uh, when I was brought on at the beginning of January, 2020, we at Viacom CBS and by extension Awesomeness TV were set to produce a bunch of um, young adult shows for Netflix. Um, obviously, because of COVID, we had to delay production, and most of those shows uh, ended up being scrapped. 
um, which is why I was furloughed in March um, and then officially resigned as of July, but um, I am at a law firm now where I handle a wide variety of writers, directors, actors, producers, um, and people with life stories um, that are out trying to make a movie based on their life. Interesting. Um, and then can you speak to maybe what a typical day looked like for you before the coronavirus and then how that's changed um, maybe your work style, workflow, and um, how it's really changed your work? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> COVID really hasn't changed too much other than it's, it's, it, it's really shortened my commute time because there's less people on the road uh, and there's less of a uh, uh, immediacy to my job because we're not actually filming. Um, a lot of times my job gets very hectic when we're out on the road filming because I have to be available to the production uh, at whatever time it is that they decide that they're going to be filming. So if we're filming in another country, um, I have to be up and ready to answer their questions at whatever time zone they're on and in whatever you know position they are to be filming. Um, so, so since no filming is happening right now, I'm on much more of a, uh, how do you say, 10 to 5 schedule. Um, I usually get in the office at about 10 a.m. and I usually leave around 5 p.m. Um, but, but when things are more normal, it can be a much more hectic schedule. Um, and instead of working eight hour days, I usually have to work more to 10 to 12 hour days, depending. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. That's, that's quite a big change. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's really because nothing is filming right now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, but can you speak to maybe any suggestions you have for aspiring entertainment lawyers? Get out there and read and write as much as possible. Just start consuming books. Um, if you don't have Audible yet or Blinkist, I certainly recommend um, both of those apps. I don't get paid to say that. Uh, but uh, um, you know, start early, start early in, and this goes for everybody. It doesn't have to be just attorneys, but start early in developing your personal brand, start early in identifying what it is that you want out of life. Um, and, and start early in going after it and start building those connections and those networks that are going to allow you to open doors in the future. Um, this is a really, uh, awesome time to reach out to people because everyone's working from home, everyone's stuck at home, everyone's checking their emails and LinkedIn. Um, one of the things that I did when I first moved to Hollywood is I took a pen and paper and I wrote down all of the companies uh, and all of the businesses that I thought that I would want to work for. And then I one by one went through that list and visited all of their job websites and started, you know, poking around and seeing what internships they had, what job offerings they had, what entry level positions they had. Um, and, and even still actually, you know what, funny, I should say that it's been probably, what's it been seven, eight years, eight, eight years later, I still have this list. It's been eight years and I've worked for a lot of these companies. I've worked for Marvel studios um, I've worked for Disney, Nickelodeon. Uh, I got my first Playboy client yesterday. Um, Lionsgate Summit Entertainment and MTV for sure. Um, so yeah, this this document is like eight or nine years old now, um, but I still keep it with me. Um, so so plan ahead. Um, don't get uh, you know upset if your plan doesn't work out. 
Um, you have to be agile and, and movable, but, but start to plan early. And it sounds like uh, anyone who's listening to this probably is. Mm -hmm. And then at the high school level, which is kind of planning early, um, maybe what clubs do you suggest that uh, aspiring entertainment lawyers join or perhaps create to really kickstart their um, going Cer no. Certainly, um, if you guys have access to any debate or logic and reasoning clubs, that wasn't something that my high school offered, but I know that there are a lot of high schools that offer uh, clubs and or classes in debate, speech, rhetoric, public speaking, uh, those are all great classes uh, if you want to be an entertainment attorney. And I think that those are just great classes to take in general um, because, you know, that's what life is right now, right? It's discerning information for yourself in an age of too much information um, and being able to have good logic, reasoning, and argumentative skills, uh, very vital for navigating today's world. Um, other classes in high school... Uh, starting a mindfulness meditation club actually would be really cool uh, for high school students to do, and I think that your 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 colleagues would appreciate you for it, especially turning them on to a subject that uh, most people don't learn to study until their mid twenties. Um, taking any AP writing courses, any upper level AP writing courses, upper level English courses, uh, and and for me, getting a good understanding of United States history and the economy just will make you a more rounded, fuller person. Um, it's just something that everyone, everyone who is an American citizen needs to know. You need to know about the U.S. Constitution. You need to know about the, the powers of our government. You need to know how voting works. You, know how, you need to know how a, uh, a bill becomes a law. Um, so, so study those things as well, because most people don't. Interesting. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And then just last question from us. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, maybe what the typical path is in terms of education, internships, jobs looks like for a beginning lawyer? Um, yeah, so obviously after you graduate undergraduate, you have to apply to law, you have to take the LSAT and apply to law school. Generally speaking, a lot of people that apply to law school are political science majors. So it's good for you to major in anything else other than political science because there's so many applicants that are already political science majors that if you study something like zoology or chemistry or biology and then you decide to go to law school, you're going to set yourself apart um, from, from everyone else in the crowd. Once you get into law school, there is a core set curriculum that every lawyers take, um, torts, property, criminal law, civil procedure, and legal writing. But then after your first year into your second and third year, you can just start to diversify your classes uh, and take specialty areas of law um, to try to discern what it is that you might want to do for a career path. The great thing about being an attorney is that there are attorneys in every single industry so that if you become an attorney, it's really more about finding the industry and the geographical location that you want to work and live and just applying your law degree to that specific place. Hmm, awesome. Thank you for answering um, our questions here at VSC. Um, now it's time for the students to ask questions. So if you guys have questions, feel free to 
put it in the Q&A module and we'll start to go through them now, but so far I see one. So really how much does going to a top 10 school play into one's success as a lawyer? So I wouldn't say that it really plays into your success as a lawyer, but for the fact that you have to pay back student loans and or if you want to get into a certain sphere of, of legal practice. Um, and, and I would call that the uh, big time corporate lawyers. So if you want to be a big time corporate lawyer making millions of dollars off cases, then it's probably very important for you to go to one of the top 10 law schools. If you want to graduate law school debt free, uh, usually if you are a person that can get into one of the top 10 law schools, you can get a full ride from a top 25 school and, and graduating debt free um, can feel very good. Things aside, as long as you're graduating from a top 100 law school, and I would certainly try to aim for the top 50, but as long as you graduate within the top 100 law schools, you are going to have a lucrative, um, successful, um, middle-class lifestyle. They, you're not going to be making millions of dollars, but you're going to be making comfortable six figures, and you're probably going to work in an area that doesn't cost too much to live, and you're not going to want to want for a lot of things. What you don't want to do is go to a non-ABA accredited law school and, and pay the full sticker price, because people who do that end up being very unhappy with their law degrees. Um, and I would say too, you know, entertainment law is a very difficult field to make it in. And, and unless you have a extreme passion for television, film, literature, and the arts, there's lots of other career paths for attorneys that are much more lucrative uh, and can make you a lot more money. Um, I knew as a kid growing up watching Star Wars and Die Hard and, and Lord of the Rings that what I wanted to do was be an attorney for actors, uh, writers, directors, and producers. So that's what I went out and did. Um, but you can, you can use a law degree in almost any industry. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, once again, reschedule time to talk with us here at VC and the students. Um, we appreciate the knowledge you were able to give us in terms of your experiences, your, your knowledge, and um, even your book list, which we'll be, it will be sure to send out to our students later on. Um, but yeah, to our students, thank you so much for joining us today. If you guys have any other questions or if you'd like to be notified about a future VSC webinar, feel free to sign up on our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you guys. Thank you so much. Have a All good right. one. Good nice luck. Day.